0: Love a good deal? Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from 19.99, polos from 16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
2: You are listening to the Road of His Radio Weekly Recap where I Kyle Dvorak, found me on Twitter at @ffkylethekid. Take you on a tour through the last week in RotoViz radio podcasting with clips from some of your favorite shows. Before we get into clips this week, I just want to remind you that if you want access to RotoViz's more than a thousand articles per year, dozens of apps, and some of the best DFS minds in the industry, do so at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast where you can get a 30% discount exclusive to this podcast. Make sure, again, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast if you want access to the great content at RotoViz. And if you want to support the show further, do so at patreon.com forward slash road of his radio. That is our Patreon where you get access to exclusive content, namely our Sunday road of his live shows, hop on the live shows and get that last second advice you need to set your lineups or get those DFS lineups going just before Sunday football kicks off. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash road of his radio. Join a community of some of the awesome listeners and some of the great hosts on this show at Patreon support the show and join the community. Now for our first clip of the week, We've got Kevin Cole joining Jeremy Hart on the Road of His Mailbag show talking about the showdown slates, which are all the rage right now in DFS. Here's a listen.
3: Yeah, showdown is something that I looked at for, first it was starting with the NBA Finals and then some of the the MLB showdown. We found I found some really good information as far as how you should structure rosters Primarily looking at how some of these had, had actually performed. Now we're coming into the NFL season, so we don't have a track record on them, uh, but but we're going to see these more and more because of the simplicity aspect that I that I mentioned before of of these single game slates. So what I did was for the first kickoff game, the Eagles and Falcons. That was a one million to first. It was a it was a really big showdown contest uh, at DK. So what I did for that was I looked at the composition of the different rosters as far as the quarterback, uh running back, one, wide receiver one, tight end one for all these and the and the defense with these different rosters took the spread and the over under and then matched it against a bunch of different historical matchups thought of every possible combination that you could fit underneath the salary cap including using captain now cuz captain is part of it where a player has one uh one and a half times the salary and then also gets one and a half times the fantasy scoring so put all, so kind of just threw all those together and then looked and said, okay, for the 100 closest matchups, I took the top five optimal lines for each one of those matchups and said, what, what did we find there? And what we ended up finding is that, you know, unsurprisingly, wide receiver one is the best captain. At least has been the most often used as captain with the highest scoring output. But then also, I think a big insight is that quarterback is pretty important there. Uh, it didn't end up being as important on that Thursday matchup because both of those quarterbacks kind of, uh, you know, didn't perform so well. But I think going forward, that, there were a lot of teams, you know, almost 40% of the optimal teams had two quarterbacks. Quite a few had the quarterback in the the captain spot, and really none of them had two kickers or two defenses or something like that. So that that's probably something to fade if you think about, you know, getting a little contrarian and doing something like that. So those are just some of the insights that I have, but there are a few articles, obviously, that I published over at uh, at Roto Grinders that go through all of it.
4: Yeah, just
5: fantastic stuff there, and uh, that was. Mostly the reason why I ended up with the Randall Cobb in the captain, and he wasn't the wide receiver one, but I thought you know the Devonte Adams Randall Cobb, I don't quite know who the wide receiver one is, but I think if one of these guys is actually going to go pop, it's going to be Randall Cobb here, and just so happened to work uh, and I think I got up as high as eighth and then all of a sudden um Taylor Gabriel, which i I just wanted to throw up putting into my lineup, but it was like, what the heck I'm gonna try to be a little bit more contrarian, and a couple of them got called back, and I never made it up to the top there, but uh Data like that, content like that, is what you're after for these
6: types of slates.
2: Great stuff from Rotoviz Radio alum there, Kevin Cole. More DFS news, Devonta Freeman will miss his game against the Panthers this week, Tevin Coleman being the next man up. And if you've been listening to Rotoviz Radio, specifically the On The Daily podcast, you'll hear Anthony Amico talking about how when we get these low-owned running backs who their value jumps in the middle of the week because of an injury or becoming the starter in a various way. Those are the guys you want to target. The chalk running backs hit at such a high rate that fading them, especially in cash, is just nonsense. And in tournaments, as opposed to fading Tevin Coleman, maybe what I'm moving to here is stacking this game. We've got Devonta Freeman out and Greg Olsen out. On the Panthers' side, that means targets will get funneled to Christian McCaffrey and Devin Funches, making them both great values. And on the Falcons' side, I wanted to look at our game splits app, win. Devonta Freeman doesn't play, obviously it's a boom for Tevin Coleman, specifically it's a boom for his rushing value, his attempts more than double from 8.2 attempts per game to 19, and his touchdowns jump from 0.32 per game to a whole touchdown per game, and then another interesting one I wanted to look at was Julio Jones, when Devonta Freeman doesn't play, and in a small sample of Devonta Freeman not playing, Julio Jones gets a five and a half point ppr point bump and that ppr point bump is mostly due to his touchdowns and in the three games which he did play without devonta freeman a 0.67 touchdowns per game i think maybe finally we get the cure to julio jones touchdown or at least a small reprieve from the julio jones can't score touchdowns argument making this game a great stack as opposed to fading tevin coleman entirely moving on we've got college football fantasy show making their first appearance on the road to his radio recap here it is One of the games that was, at least it
1: took me by surprise, maybe not too surprising, was the Arizona at Houston game. Matt, what what were your takeaways from that one?
5: Um, I'm just mad at Kevin Sumlin. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because Khalil Tate was the most fun player to watch in all of college football, and he's ruined him, and I don't understand why. For some reason, he's no longer running the ball. He threw it, I think, 45 times. Yeah just get back to what he does let him run let him just be creative with the ball in his hands but for some reason kevin sumlin even though he had johnny Manziel and should be used to this kind of player just decided he was gonna ruin fun and joy
1: yeah i think he he had seven rushing attempts for eight yards on the day i mean he had a touchdown which is lovely but i mean i i, I was with you i think i i tweeted at you make make take great again but um <laughs> Man, it's it's been it's been so sad. I it almost was like Derek King and him switched jerseys for the day because he was balling out. I mean he he threw for four touchdown passes. He was moving well and he looked. I mean Houston looked really really good. And man, Ed Oliver is an absolute beast on the D line for Houston. I was really impressed by him.
5: Yeah, Ed Oliver is pretty much the one guy who I'm willing to listen to the conversation about as the other guy for the top pick. I mean, my heart's obviously, I still think Nick Bosa's the guy next year, but Ed Oliver's a freak, and he's, when he's on the offensive line, if he's not getting doubled, then he's in the backfield.
1: Right, he he had a couple plays where he it just looked like he was toying with people. He would just either do a stunt or just bull rush and get right through the offensive line and just be so disruptive. I mean, he didn't have, like, a huge stat line for the game, but he was, when he was in there, he was just disrupting everything.
5: yeah. He he's one of those guys that he doesn't necessarily have to get to the quarterback or make the tackle to affect every single thing going on in the play.
1: What do you think going forward, someone's going to do about Tate? Cuz clearly he he knows what he has. He saw this guy last year. Do you think he's going to try to adjust his game plan going forward or do you think he's just going to try to force, you know, force this this action that we really don't want to see?
5: I mean, my only fear is when you see things like Khalil Tate saying in, over the summer, he said, I didn't come to college to run the triple option and just seemed to be voicing this, not not enjoying the fact that he wasn't throwing. And I, I'm just afraid that he's going to try and continue to push him to be a passer. And, I mean, he's not a terrible passer, but he basically was 50% completion percentage yesterday. And, I mean, he only threw for 1,500 yards last season. I hope someone just sa- says to him, like, if you want to win football games, we're going to have to do it with your legs. And I don't know, <laughs> I wanted them to be fun this year. And they, they I mean, yesterday was sad.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally agree. And you look at, you look at the PAC 12, it's, it's not the, the defenses aren't as suspect as, as they have been in the past. And so I think if they try to do this drop back pass thing with Tate, it could be a real problem for them. Um, I mean, we saw, so Arizona State shut down Michigan state last night and yeah. i think i mean i think it could be a, a long long season for sumlin and company if they if they don't try to adjust but you know assuming rational coaching decisions isn't always uh, the the right way to go
5: they've got two kind of cupcakey games next so hopefully they make the most of it and get back to what they were good at
2: really enjoy listening to that show every week because now we finally have college football DFS but the guys are also dropping some of the best college football betting knowledge right now and if you want to do some betting of your own do so at my bookie listeners if you're watching the games it's time to start making money my bookie is the industry leading website that hooks you up for all of your betting needs and with their great odds fast payouts and decades of expertise you can bet with confidence your team doesn't even have to win if you like Arizona just bet against them you'll never lose or have them covering the spread They don't have to win in that scenario either. Because when you're betting, where you bet is just as important as what you're betting on. That's why you need to check out my bookie. I trust them, but you don't even have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. They have in-game live betting and a mobile site that makes wagering on the go easier than ever. You can also check out their online casino if you'd rather just play a few hands at the blackjack table or roll the dice on craps. And of course, you're listening to Rotoviz Radio. The fantasy point props are a lot of fun. They're a great way if you're a fantasy player to get into betting Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use the promo code ROTOVIS to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Our next clip comes to you courtesy of the High Stakes Lowdown, where Eric Balkman talks to different high stakes winners every week. This week he has on Scott Johnson, a veteran of the high stakes scene with a lot of great knowledge to share. Take it away, boys.
7: You did not take Sony Michel. Tell us a little bit about why you avoided him, but made sure you got Burkhead and White.
6: Well, it's a, it's a real coincidence that you happen to be in the Costanza League in the Scott Fish Bowl because I took the Costanza approach in this draft, and if everything <laughs> I've always done is wrong, then I'm going to do the opposite. And for years, I've been a stay-away-from-New England backfield guy, and, and it's just... It's not – I've come to realize, and, and I've talked to a lot of guys who are super successful, and, and uh, it's not the right approach. It's, it's – you know, I have to have approach. I can't cross anybody off the board um, ahead of time, and I used to do that with, with some players, and especially with New England running backs. Rex Burkhead, I think, right. is highly undervalued. Um, James White is – you know, both of their stocks uh, also are going to go up because Jeremy Hill – towards mcl and 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 he's done now um mcl or acl whichever one either one he's done and uh michelle i've never had confidence in i mean you know this bulky i live in georgia um and this is uh this is right in the heart of where sony michelle uh, is from and i've seen him play numerous times i'm just not a believer that that he's gonna come in and take over from from two veterans like that so I, I didn't want any part of Michelle, never drafted him. In fact, I don't think I have any stock in Michelle in anything, and, and you know how many leagues I'm in, so I don't have Michelle one time.
7: Yeah, you know, and to that point, you have Rex Burkhead, a guy that the Patriots signed away from the Bengals and protected him in this preseason, being extra cautious with that knee. And then on the other side of it, you have James White, who not only has has been a trusted part of this backfield for a few years now, probably should have won a Super Bowl MVP for his performance against Atlanta a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. and, And when you have those two proven guys, those two trusted guys, and you're talking about a rookie running back who has fumbling issues on a Bill Belichick team. That's that's probably reason enough to if you're going to pick two of the three, uh, you certainly picked uh, the two that I would have gone with. In fact, I'll say this too: I don't think I think I have Sony Michel on one team, and that's the, a team I also have Burkhead on, and I have Burkhead and White in, in plenty other spots too as well. So you and I are, are definitely of the same mind on that one. Switching to receiver here, Scott, we talk about um, uh, Deshaun Jackson's big week uh, one against New Orleans. He's uh, now he's he's already hurt. You know, there's some talk that he may miss this week. Um, you have Chris Godwin. Shocker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Uh, stop the presses. Right now you have Chris Godwin in your starting lineup for this team. What are your expectations? Let's just assume, and for the sake of argument, let's just assume he doesn't give this starting gig up if he does start uh, against uh, – if he does start over Deshaun Jackson this Sunday, if, if you know, if Jackson misses or whatever. If he keeps that starting job all season – what are your expectations as far as where Chris Godwin will finish among receivers this year, uh, if that if that is the case?
6: I love Chris Godwin first and foremost. I, I just think I think he's going to be a star in this league. Um, and I did not get him in the other main events. Um, Billy and I got we had him. I mean, he was right there, and then boom right in front of us, or a couple picks in front of us. And, and it was so disappointing because he was he was one of the guys. I didn't have him circled. I had him highlighted, circled, and starred. Um, so it was I, I had to have him in this one. Um, we went earlier than we, we took him at 11.7, um, which is about where he, he got taken in the, in the leagues. No, he got taken 10 point, uh, 10.10 in one of the leagues where I was going to try to get him in the 12th. So knowing that, um, I, I grabbed him at eleven seven.
2: I wanted to include something this week with the Patriots backfield because this week it is a mess. Sony Michel and Rex Burkhead are both dealing with injuries. Rex Burkhead a concussion, and Sony Michel trying to get back from that knee injury, leaving James White as the only safe bet in this backfield. I think last week we saw that. With their lack of depth at receiver, his role as a receiver is locked in. Should both Sony Michel and Rex Burkhead miss time, you have to expect that they will, one, throw the ball a ton, and two, will at least try to give James White some carries, making him a must-play for a little more on their matchup with Jacksonville. Here's a clip from the Fantasy Football Beat, one of the best shows to listen to every week on Road of His Radio, where Mike Randall has on a different beat reporter to talk about what he is seeing going into a team's matchup in the upcoming week. This week, Mike had on J.P. Shadrick of Jaguars.com talking about their matchup with the Patriots, what they plan to do to stop Tom Brady. We saw them come close in the playoffs last year, but collapse at the end. And be sure to listen to the full show after this. JP has a lot of interesting knowledge on that game and on this team as a whole. But for now, here's the quote.
8: Yeah, run the ball, uh, protect the ball, keep it away from number twelve, and keep him firmly seated on the bench drinking Gatorade. That's probably your best bet. I mean, considering what happened in the fourth quarter last year when you know the Miles Jack play happened uh, in, in the SEC championship game, or didn't happen, depending on your outlook. And then the offense couldn't move the ball after that. They went three and out. They only had two first downs in the fourth quarter. Um, so you know, they they, they got to be able to move the ball somehow with the lead in the fourth quarter. Um, they let it slip away and that's a big reason why. And you can you can point to the officiating in that game, you can point to a few things, but the, the inability to, to move the ball on offense and maintain possession, well, that was a big part of the loss as well in that fourth quarter. So they've addressed it. You know, they've, they've added offensive lineman in Norwell. They've you know, worked on uh, offense a bit this year to try to be able to run when they need to late in the football game. And, yeah, I, I, it's a big key. Hold on to the football. Don't turn it over. And we know the stats. If you if the Patriots win the turnover battle or and all that over the years, I mean, they're hard to beat. Um, so you got to hang on to football.
4: Yeah, th- turnovers is going to be a big key for this game. And especially, you know, that's sort of the attention sometimes on Blake Bortles. He did not throw an interception in the three playoff games last year. He did have an interception Sunday, but it was wet conditions against the Giants. The, the Jacks have good playmakers on the outside. I-, I think Keelan Cole is a very good wide receiver, very underrated. Dede Westbrook, Dante Moncrief, uh, Austin Severin Jenkins had a touchdown that was called back on a penalty. So no. do-, do you think the Jaguars can attack that Patriots secondary, you know, down in, uh, in the home game on Sunday?
8: Yeah, I think it's uh, this is a I think this is a tight end game. I mean, this is for Austin Zafarian Jenkins. He got some looks last week, and as he said, he had a touchdown that was negated by the the hands to the face penalty by Norwell. Uh, but another guy to look for, James O'Shaughnessy. You know, uh, they really didn't have last year the the consistent threat over the middle on offense. Um, Mercedes Lewis would give it to you in spurts. You know, he had a three touchdown game in London against the Ravens but he only had five all year, you know, Uh, that was just the one game. And he was kind of losing his legs as the years went on. Still a great blocker, of course, at the tight end position, but they didn't really have it. And they've tried. They tried Julius Thomas a few years ago. That didn't work out here. They've addressed the position to try to get that. Uh, They feel like they might have that now. Um, I think that's something that you could see moving ahead here, especially this week. Uh, Watch out for those tight ends on offense. And you're right, the young receivers, are a year older now, and that's the good thing about them. They were all rookies last year, Keelan and, and D.D. Westbrook and, and all those guys. Jadon Mickens, another one of those guys. Um, so that's the positive thing. Everybody's a year older, a year wiser. Yeah, you lost Marquis Lee for the year, but you have some guys who have seen some game action. Uh, experience matters. And uh, experience against the Patriots certainly matters this week.
4: JP, I'm sure you realize in the fantasy world, we remember that Mercedes Lewis three-touchdown game. When someone has three huh. touchdowns, it sort of lights up our world over here. So, yeah, do we do remember that one well. Uh, l- let's turn our attention to the defense here. How are you going to stop 12 and, and the rest of the Patriots? Uh, Jaguars defense, of course, tremendous last year. Second in the league in sacks, 55, interceptions, 21. Pass defense is the best in the league by a ton, in my opinion. Last year, they allowed about 300 yards less in the entire season, total passing yards in the second-best team. They played incredibly well in that AFC Championship game. They limited Brady for over three quarters in Foxborough. They should be very confident at home in this game, but I'm curious what you think Todd Wash's plan is going to be against this Patriot passing attack, and how are they going to limit Rob Gronkowski? Who's going to guard him, and then what do they do with Ramsey and Boye in the secondary there against the Patriots? Yeah, it's pass rush, pass rush,
8: pass rush. I mean, you got to get to to Tom, and maybe not even get home, but get him uncomfortable.
2: One last thing I wanted to note was that in their playoff matchup, we saw Danny Amendola get targeted nine times, seven of which he brought down, and he scored twice. If you're going to attack this team,
9: I guess you can attack them from.